You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And we're going to be teaching here on how to pray. And you know, as we, we look at this as a Christian, there are a lot of things in the Bible that we know that we are supposed to do, but there are some of the, some of the foundational things that we struggle with the most. You know, we know that we need to read the Bible and study the Word of God. We know we want to know the Lord better. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to know the Lord better. Uh, as I am, uh, my prayer list, uh, that is something that I have on there, is not just to, uh, I want to have knowledge about God, but I want to know God. And there's a difference. There's one thing to know about something, it's different to know them. We know a little bit about our president. We know a little bit about our vice president. We know some things about maybe some uh, members of the church, our church family, but it does not mean that we know them very well. Think about that. Uh, you know, Mrs. Brown, she knows me. God bless her. <laughs> And she loves me in spite of it. She's a godly lady. Uh, but no, she knows me. And, you know, with that, there is, there's a closeness. That is, that is how we want it with the Lord. We want to have that, not just a casual knowledge. We want there to be a close, intimate knowledge. To know Him. In prayer, is the way that we have doors opened up, unlocked, and access to God in a way that you cannot have in a group setting. And I'm all for corporate prayer. But it's different than when you're just Him and you. And so in the next three weeks, we're just going to be looking at this area of prayer. Tonight, uh, I'll teach you some things. We're going to go over some things that are pretty much just outline on prayer. Next week, we are going to look at how to build our own personal prayer list. And we are, we're just going to break down the processes of what it, what it looks like to pray. And there isn't just one right way. And I'm not saying that my way is the only way, but there's an outline, and how I pray works for me. And all of us have to find that way that we can communicate with our God. So here we're going to be in Luke chapter number 11, and just follow along with me, and I'm going to uh, read down through verse number 13, and just follow along. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive every one that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. 
Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? And let's pray together. Father, we gather tonight, uh, we open up the Word of God, and Lord, as we do, we, we see so much in these, these few verses that we just read, and I pray that as we uh, begin to study this area of prayer, the Holy Spirit of God, you would enlighten us, lead us, guide us, teach us, and draw us to yourself in such a special way that our time with you would just grow sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to pray. And uh, Lord, uh, as we are praying and as I look around, I, I look at a group of people that I believe do pray. And in their prayers, I pray that you would help all of us, myself included, uh, to grow deeper in a knowledge and in a relationship with you on that personal level. And so I pray that you'd bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. So here, as we, we look at this uh, area of prayer, someone made this statement. They said, prayer is not a right you perform, it is a right you possess. Just think about that. Prayer is not a right, R-I-T-E, you perform. Prayer is a right, R-I-G-H-T, that we possess. It is something that, it isn't just a ritual that we go through. It is a right that God has given to us to be able to enter into His presence. Uh, isn't it amazing? Uh, just, just think uh, ha- how, how you feel when somebody that you honor or respect, uh, they want to talk to you. Maybe they pick up the phone and they call you. Maybe it's uh, they, they see you and uh, they put somebody else on hold and say, hey, give me just a second, I need to talk to them. And just, just think about how that makes you feel that somebody went out of their way because they wanted to communicate to you. They wanted to talk to you. Now, God is the one that designed this thing called prayer. God is the one that wants us to talk to Him. Now, We are the one that needs to talk to God. We are the one that absolutely has the need uh, because we need God. You know what? God doesn't need me. God is everything without anybody. You say, well, I do this for the Lord. And if I was not there or you were not there, it wouldn't change who God is. It wouldn't change His grandeur. It wouldn't change His might. It wouldn't change His sovereignty. It wouldn't change His purpose. He would have. He would know. He already knows who's going to replace us. You know, there there doesn't have to be a plan that we have to replace ourselves. The God, God's already got it figured out. When we take our last breath right here on this earth, though we will leave a void in the lives and hearts of people that love us, uh, God's plan just keeps on moving on. His his plan is keep on going. Uh, You see, God doesn't need me. God wants me. God loves me. God allows me to be a part of His purpose. He allows us to come alongside and be a co-laborer together with Him to accomplish His plan. But you know, God's plan is going to be accomplished with or without us. God doesn't need us. We need God. Now, I say that with great trepidation because we look at ministry and we look at opportunities and we look at needs and We need people to help us accomplish a cause. But in the big picture, 
God's, God's work is going to go on with or without us. And so this area of prayer, we are the ones that need the Lord uh, more than, than He needs us. Uh, the Lord's response here in this passage of Scripture, as the disciples come to Him, the Lord's response uh, in teaching an outline of prayer teaches us that He wants us to pray. Otherwise, he would have disregarded the request. When the disciples looked at the Lord and said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples, if the Lord really didn't want us to pray, he would have just kept on going with whatever else he was going to do. But he answered that request. Why? Because he wants us to pray. So let's look at this outline. This is not the Lord's prayer. The Lord did not pray this prayer. So this is an outline on prayer. And, and I've given you this outline before, but we're just going to step through it, uh, looking at some things as we, uh, as we look at this area of prayer. Number one, we see in this outline of prayer, we see praise. We see praise. Uh, so here in verse number two, the Bible says, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which are which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, we begin with this thing called praise. We are praising the Lord. Now, of course, uh, right off the bat, we say when the Lord said, when ye pray. So there was an expectation that Christians were just going to pray. He's looking at his disciples. And when he said this, it, there was that expectation that they were going to do this. This is not something that he was trying to coerce them into doing it. Uh, he was trying to better their time in prayer uh, because they were already wanting to pray. They were already praying I believe at this point, but the Lord was saying, or the people were saying, listen, we are struggling in this area of prayer. Uh, John taught his disciples how to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And so the Lord comes to him and says, when ye pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we see right off the bat here that there was an expectation to pray, and we see that there has to be a time to pray. When? When? You know, the, the biggest obstacle that you and I will ever face in our prayer life is not how, but when. Life is busy, isn't it? Miss Sandy, she's, she has got this down. It's, it's comical. You almost have to go ask her. Uh, because uh, my office, I have an open door policy, and uh, my office door goes open, close, open, close, open, close. And she'll, she will uh, stand outside the office, and sometimes she'll say, now serving number, and she'll, she, it sounds just like a, a computer-generated uh, uh, little software thing going there, and it's, it's comical, uh, but you know, uh, life is busy. Life is busy for everybody, whether it's a husband or your wife or your children or a boss or a co-laborer or a customer. There is something going on all the time. There is something going on all the time, whether it's Facebook whether it's Fox News, whether it's a debate on a Wednesday night, and I'm glad you're here in God's house. There's something going on to get and grab our attention, isn't there? And the greatest thing that is going to draw us away from this area of prayer is not how do we pray, when do we pray? We have to have some time allotted from, for the Lord. You know, you're here tonight because you allotted that in your schedule. You scheduled it. You did not get, at 6 o'clock, you didn't say, huh, I got nothing to do tonight. Oh, I think they got church. There isn't anybody that's here tonight with that being the situation. 
You are here because you put it on your schedule. Amen? Do we have God on our schedule? You say, well, yeah, pastor, I'm here. Do we have prayer on our schedule? So, what I'm going to teach you on the outline doesn't matter if we know how, but we don't back up before the how and have a win. There has to be a time. I have to be up early. If I am not, I will not have my time with the Lord. It just, it will not work for me. Everybody's in a different season in life. Some of you are retired and you're home. You're still busy. There there are still things that are going to take up your time and it needs to be on your schedule. Some are night people. How many of you are a night owl? Okay. How many of you are morning people? Mrs. Brown, she is a morning person. I mean, she wakes up, jumps out of bed, and starts throwing rose petals. I mean, she's one of those people that, but, but at 8.30, she's winding down hard. And by 10 o'clock, if, if, if we're not in bed by 10 o'clock, I mean, it's, she's out. I mean, she is, she's done. But she's going uh, early in the morning. You know, and so everybody's schedules are different. You have to figure out what works for you. If the mornings don't work for you, but night works for you, then pray at night. But put something on your schedule. Put an alarm on your schedule that will just stop you, wake you up, remind you. We've got to have a time to pray. We've got to have a time. Because otherwise, this little outline won't matter. We can have the knowledge about how, but if we don't take a time and we don't schedule it, it will not be a reality. So, uh, with that, uh, the first part of this prayer is we are looking at this outline on prayer. Uh, verse number two, and he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so, uh, so here we see this, uh, this prayer, uh, this outline here. Uh, it was an outline, and it was uh, praise. Uh, so, hallowed, our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing to be able to call God our Father. You know what? As we are praying, and this next week I'm going to give you a list of uh, praise verses, and we're going to go through and just look at uh, some of these praise verses on praising the Lord. Uh, but there are so many things that we need to praise the Lord about. Uh, but first and foremost, that we're saved. He is our Heavenly Father. It, we are not just part of His creation. Uh, we are His child. Uh, what an honor it is to be a child of God. Uh, but here, uh, we need to praise Him. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, in, let's see here, I'm going to give you several verses. Psalm 100 and verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know, we just need to praise the Lord. Now, as we are praising God, he says, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and then into his courts with praise. So here, as we are coming, you have to sort of envision a fenced off area and when you come towards God and towards God's presence there's a gate 
And he says, you enter into his gate. You open that gate with thanksgiving. You start thanking God for what he has done for you. Thanking him for being such a wonderful savior. And you enter into his gate with thanksgiving. And before you ever get to his presence and to his house, then we are into his, 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 uh, uh, into his court. We are uh, between the gate and the house. There's that courtyard, if you would. And so now we are into that courtyard and we are praising him at that point. And so we want to begin our time of prayer with that praise, that thankfulness, and then praising God for who he is. You know, there is nothing that will set your heart up for, for communicating with God other than praising him and thanking him. You and I, as we start thinking about how good God is, all of a sudden, prayer becomes an exciting thing. You start thanking him for all of the blessings that he has given to you and to us, all of us. We are, we are so spoiled. We are so blessed. We, we, have, we have jobs. We have, there is so much that we need to be thankful to the Lord for. And, and so here, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Go with me to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. And as we look at these verses here, uh, we, we just see uh, the psalmist just praising the Lord and lifting up uh, our God. And so uh, these verses, just powerful verses on praising the Lord. Uh, Psalm 95, verse number 1 through 7, uh, the Bible says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. I've got that rock of our salvation highlighted. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms that's singing again. For the Lord is a great God. I have that highlighted. He's a great God and a great king above all gods. And in his hands are the deep places of the earth. Strength of the hills is his also. Just think about that. It says that uh, the deep places in his hand are are the deep places. God is a God who is so big that all the depths, all the deep places can be held in his hand. Another passage tells us that all the waters of the world could be held in the palm of his hand. You just think about how big of a God we have. We don't have this little Buddha. We don't have this little statue. We don't have this God who having eyes sees not and ears hears not and a mouth and talk speaks not. We have a God who created this entire world. We have an amazing God that we can praise. Uh, the strength of the hills is his also. Verse 5, the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God. God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. What a wonderful God. We just need to praise him for what he is and who he is. Uh, go to Psalm 150. Psalm 150. And look, let's look at verse number one. I'm looking at that clock back there. It's an enemy uh, tonight. Uh, we've got seven points and about 45 or 50 verses. And I sent a text to the other guys that are teaching tonight saying, make sure that you are done between 8 and 8.10. Uh, so we've got to hurry. You guys need to hurry up, okay? All right, Psalm 150 and verse number one. Uh, it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed in instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We just need to praise the Lord. You know, as we, are, as we are entering into his presence and we're beginning this time of prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. High and lifted up is your name. We need to praise him. So number one, when we come into his presence, the outline of prayer, number one is praise. Number two is pleasure. His 
pleasure. You know, when we look here, and the Lord was teaching, He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, our prayer shouldn't be about us getting what we want. Our prayers ought to be about God getting what He wants. He's God. Sometimes children are very selfish. They learn that from us, don't they? But sometimes if that selfishness comes out and there's that expectation that just because you have something, it should be theirs. Isn't that how we treat God? Oftentimes, we come before the Lord just expecting because He has something. We know, and we wouldn't verbalize this, saying that God owes us. I don't think any of us would ever say that. But subconsciously, or inadvertently, I think oftentimes we come before God as though just because God has something that he should give it to us. But here, when the Lord said, when you pray, you praise the Lord, you praise God, and then you seek his pleasure. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, may your kingdom be expanded, not my kingdom. May your plans come to fruition, not just my plans. Don't we get caught up? I'm talking about myself. Don't we get caught up with our own plans? And here the Lord, He wasn't telling people that did not have a heart for the things of God. He's talking to His disciples here. He's talking to the ones that walked away from their businesses to follow the Savior. He's talking to people that had a commitment level that was way up here. And he had to tell them, when you're praying, you make sure that you are seeking God's pleasure, not our own. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. So that was what uh, Luke uh, 11 tells us in verse 2. Uh, so, so what do we see? His pleasure needs to be done. Revelation 4, 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You know why God made this earth? was for his pleasure. Do you know why God created man? For his good pleasure. We are here not for our pleasure. Not that God doesn't want us to enjoy the life he has given us. John 10, 10, he tells us the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the Lord said, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the Lord wants us to enjoy the life he has given us, but he didn't, he didn't create us so we could have fun. God created us so he could have fun. Isn't it fun when our kids have fun? Isn't there so much joy watching people that you love enjoy? Uh, when you see people that you care about, and whether they're your children or uh, just family or friends, but you see someone enjoying something, uh, that brings great joy to you when you love them and care about them. And God loves us. Uh, but ultimately, the Lord, uh, we, He made us to bring glory and pleasure to Him. So here, when we are praying, we need to make sure that we are praying in such a way that we are submitting our will, our desires, making sure that we are recognizing, hey, we're here for the Lord to, uh, to enjoy it. Uh, we were created for His good pleasure. So creation was for God's good pleasure. The coming Savior was for uh, God's good pleasure. Go to Hebrews chapter number 10. 
Hebrews chapter number 10, uh, and uh, look at verses 4 through 9, and I'm going to jump right there just for time's sake, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4 through 9, for it is not possible that the blood of goats and bulls and of, uh, the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, uh, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and the offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. What do we find here? In the uh, coming Savior, the coming Christ, uh, we see that uh, the Lord's coming was to satisfy and bring pleasure to the Almighty. Uh, The sacrifices of goats and lambs and calves, uh, the lambs that were slain, all the sacrifices that were given in the law uh, in the Old Testament, God didn't have any pleasure in any of those. But God sent His Son and He had pleasure in His sacrifice. He had pleasure in what, what Jesus was going to do. Uh, that brought, brought pleasure. What do we see, though? In that whole uh, event, the Lord was there. God had given him a body, and the Lord was that sacrifice. And the Lord twice said that he was there to do his will. It was for the Father's will. Uh, Think about uh, the crucifixion. So not only in creation, is all creation to uh, uh, bring uh, pleasure to the Lord. The coming Savior brought pleasure to the Lord. But the crucifixion also brought pleasure to the Lord. Uh, Luke 22, 39. And he came out and went, and as he went, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What was it? Everything was about God's will being done. Our prayers, we begin with praise. But then we, we come into, God, what do you want that will make you happy? What can I do to bring pleasure to you? And just think about it. What are some things that we can do to bring pleasure to the Savior? We can be a living sacrifice. We can be a living light for the Lord. A, a mouthpiece for him. Uh, so praise we see is in this outline. We begin with praise. Uh, we continue here uh, with the pleasure uh, of God. Uh, thirdly, uh, provision. Provision. Uh, Luke eleven three. He goes in and he says, "Give us this day our or give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread." Would we be satisfied with day by day? Think about it. Shouldn't we be satisfied that we had food for today? But if our cabinets only had food for today, would we be thankful? Or would we feel like God wasn't taking care of us? What really do we have to have to feel like God has provided? I'm not an oatmeal eater. There are a few foods that we ate a lot of when I was growing up. Mom was raising us by herself and uh, three kids and uh, working as a waitress and a bartender and there were, there were a lot of meals that were repetitious. I will not eat macaroni and cheese. Because mac and cheese was day in and day out for quite a while. 
We had oatmeal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for quite a, quite a bit as a kid. I remember having potato soup, and it was water with slices of potatoes in it. But we never went without. When mom married pops, wow. I mean, life changed. I got a belt instead of a rope. It was the whole world sort of opened up. Man, you can have different food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We are, we are so spoiled that we think we have to have so much. And the Lord said, give us day by day our daily bread. Now, you can tell I'm not hurting for day by day. None of us are. We have been blessed so many ways. God's been so good to us. We need to be thankful for the provisions He's given to us. He provides for us. Uh, we just, what do we need from the Lord? We just, day by day. Lord, you just meet my needs day by day. That's all, that's all we're supposed to be asking for is for that day by day. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, uh, we see here how the Lord goes through and he teaches about what you eat, what you drink, wherewithal you shall be clothed. He said, he said all these things. He said, you seek me first. He said, all these other things the Gentiles seek. He was saying, those that are without God are consumed with the daily provisions of life. As a Christian, we should just be content because we have God that we just have food to eat. Give us day by day our daily bread. And so our prayer, uh, what, what is it sounding like? It's sounding like it's pretty selfless, doesn't it? Majority of our prayers are so selfish. And I'm not saying that we can't ask the Lord for things. Just like our kids ask us for things, God wants us to ask for things. He, doesn't, he does not rebuke us for asking him for things. But here, we need to be beginning our prayer uh, first with that praise and then uh, his pleasure and then provision, uh, asking the Lord to meet those needs. Uh, but that's the first thing that, he's, that we ask for is just daily bread uh, for us. And then uh, fourth, uh, penitence uh, here is just, uh, just for forgiveness here. Uh, so we just kept it with the P's, so penitence there uh, for repentance. Uh, so Luke chapter 11 and verse number 4, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Now notice the expectation. We are going to come before the Lord and ask, uh, uh, ask Him to forgive us, for we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Do we? Have we? Well, they haven't asked for my forgiveness. It doesn't matter. We forgive. Forgiveness does not have to be asked for. Forgiveness does not have to be deserved. But forgiveness does have to be given. Matthew 18 and verse 15, uh, 18, 15, uh, he said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take it with thee, one or two, uh, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, 
tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Uh, what do we find? We are supposed, God forgives us. The expectation is that we will forgive others. We are to be forgiving others. Forgiveness is a part of God's plan. Uh, we forgive others. Uh, Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all because of God. So if God is going to forgive us, we ought to forgive one another. Forgive one another. So we see the praise, we see the pleasure, we see the provision, we see the penitence. And then, fifthly here, we see protection. Protection. Uh, Luke eleven four. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protection. You know, we need the Lord to protect us, not just physically. We need the Lord to protect us from us. In my prayer journal, I've got a spot that it, it says needs for protection. And the first thing that I always put is my heart. Lord, protect my heart. Why? Because I am my biggest enemy. The Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful. It tells us that it's Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You and I do not know the depths of depravity that are down in our own heart. You and I all know people that have done things that they would, they would have said they would have never done. They've done things that you would be confident that they would have never done. Why did they do it? Because we have this human component we have a depraved heart. We have a deceitful heart. We have a desperately wicked heart. And you and I don't even know how wicked it is. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know uh, my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, you and I, we need God to reveal to us uh, the sins that are there so we can get them right. But that protection, we need to protect our heart. Uh, Psalm uh, uh, 423, I think it is. Psalm 423, uh, he said that, uh, uh, he said, uh, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You see, our heart, we need God to protect it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, the Bible teaches us very clearly that God does not tempt us with evil. But there is a devil. And there is a sin nature. And every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, James said. So there is a component in our own life where we need God to help protect us. How are we protected from evil? How are we protected? You know, with, uh, with my girls, my, my daughter, my wife, uh, the ladies that I, I, I am always telling them things, uh, how to be aware of their circumstances around them. I mean, I'll, I'll tell them that you're driving down a road and you've got a car on your tail. What do you do? You turn around, you find a spot that goes into a big parking lot, lots of people right there. Uh, you get out, you go get some help. 
uh, you call me, but you don't, don't, we used to live way out in the middle of the country. It was, you get off of that road and you come right back into a place where it's populated. Uh, I would, I would tell them, uh, you're driving along and there's a, there's a dog that runs out in front of you. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to swerve and run over that child on the side of the road or that construction worker? Are you going to veer into the, the other lane with the head on traffic and kill that family coming the other way? Uh, or are you going to hit your brake and hold on to that steering wheel and try to stop the vehicle safely? But if you have to do anything, you're going to run that animal over. You have to think through. Mrs. Brown, she doesn't like going to Walmart certain times of the day. Usually she goes very early because the rougher crowd is still in bed. Well, she had to go in a later time of the day. She said, I don't like going to Walmart at that time. I said, hey, just remember what I told you. Somebody parks a van next to you. You get somebody else to go out there with you. What? We, we, have, we have been in places where parking lots that were close to where, our, uh, where my wife had, had uh, shot before, where people would park a, a vehicle, a van, right in that cargo van, right next to uh, a lady's car, and she would come out, start to get her groceries, they'd fly the door open, grab her, pull her right in, drive away. What, what do we tell? We say, okay, you need to be aware of circumstances so you know how to behave. You know, when we're asking the Lord to protect us from evil, we're asking Him to give us wisdom, uh, open our eyes so we can see the dangers that are around us, uh, to be able to walk on the right path that He would want us to walk, to avoid the path. Uh, this morning, Proverbs chapter 7, what did it talk about? It talked about avoiding the path that went to the wicked woman's house. Uh, why? Because if you go down that path, you're going to get... Uh, caught up in something that's going to destroy your life. And, you know, we need to be very aware. Lord, protect us. Protect us from evil. So protection. Number six, we pray for people. Pray for people. Luke eleven five, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? So we're still in this context of prayer. He's still telling them how to pray. And now he is saying, uh, which of you having a friend shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give thee. And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one, you can put your name there, for every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? So the Lord uses this analogy here uh, to drive home the teaching that, that he is good and he wants to give things to us. And he said that you and I should be coming to God, not just on behalf of ourselves to receive something, we should be coming to God on behalf of other people. We see somebody else's need. We see somebody else's heartache. We see something that somebody else has a, a, a request for. We should be praying for them, coming to God with importunity, as in much begging, coming to God saying, God, we need you to meet this need and answer this prayer. Uh, see, we're supposed to be praying one for another. We're to be praying one for another. We are to be lifting up one another. Having to hasten here. So in this passage, there's a need 
that need was bread. Who was that bread for? It was for a friend. It was for another person. It wasn't just for himself. So we see praise, we see pleasure, we see provision, we see penitence, we see protection, we see people. And then lastly, number seven, we see power. Verse 13, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know, as we are coming before God, we can't do his work in our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses both unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. What do we find here? We find that the Holy Spirit uh, comes. He gives power. Why? So we can accomplish God's will for our life. He has empowered us. He will enlighten us. He will encourage us. He indwells us. What a blessing. All of this, the Holy Spirit is there. And God will give us his power so we can accomplish his will. See, prayer, this thing of prayer, this outline of prayer, helps us to break down this, this time when the, the Lord was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he looked at the apostles and he said, could you not watch one hour? One hour. Now, we don't see any demand of time for our prayer. But what I find as a pastor, that there was, for the Lord looking at these men in ministry, and saying, you couldn't just pray one hour? That tells me that I need to be able to pray for over an hour. And I'm not putting that expectation on you. But what I am saying is, we can pray. And if we just stop, then this next week we'll break down these prayer, prayer lists. And all of a sudden, when we start running through our prayer list we find that we do have something to communicate with God. Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, help us to grow in this area of prayer. This week, I pray that each of us, Lord, would just think about these areas and in our mind, start thinking about spending time with you and putting it on our schedule and on our, in our day. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we are living our life. Lord, we know that we need you. We desire to know you. And I pray that that would be the result. Lord, may these few weeks that we're going to spend together just looking at this area of prayer, I pray that it would be a very sweet time. So we pray that you'd bless now. Thank you for your goodness to us. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.